Welcome to Blitzcats, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to another episode of Blitzcast. Even though we're not in Mobile, Alabama live like we have been through the years, and Ed and I did the show last year uh, around, I think, Thursday or Friday, we were sitting in different hotel rooms and we're taping the podcast and giving our thoughts how the 2020 Senior Bowl went. This year, we're away. Obviously, with COVID going on, we decided not to travel, but we're getting the idea of what's going on during the 2021 Senior Bowl practices because we're getting to see these players. We're getting the film uh, from the Senior Bowl guys, and we're watching the one-on-ones. We're watching the scrimmages. So we are getting a pretty good idea of what's going on out there in between the the one-on-ones, between the defensive linemen versus the offensive linemen, between corners and wide receivers, and which guys are standing out Uh, During the the first two days of practice, we're going to be talking about Tuesday and Wednesday. I mean, obviously, you're not seeing it live. It's a different experience to get to see these guys, interview them, see how they're doing throughout the week. But it's still fun to to get your hands on this film and and, and go through it. You know, it's almost a little more comfortable. I mean, I'm, I'm used to, you know, kind of sitting in the stadium and being freezing cold and you know, trying to put my glove on and also, you know, take notes and stuff like that. Now I'm kind of in the comfort of my own home, you know, just watching the film and, you know, I can pause and I can move forward and I can really kind of dig through. So it's 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 a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, I mean, you know, you can't you can't really beat the experience of Mobile. I mean, it's like a, it's like a football convention there, you know. You finally scored an interview, right, with the Arkansas quarterback, former Florida Gator, Felipe Franks. How did that go? I think it went well. He's a very cool, calm, and collected kind of guy. Um, and, and I liked his attitude, and I, I thought he I thought he was very, uh, you know, just, just a nice guy. Um, I did ask him, you know, do you think, given the other chance, you know, do you think you could out, you could beat Kyle Trask? And he said, that's a very blunt answer. And I'll give you a very formal answer, which I think he deflected the question right. But that, that's kind of my job as a, as a journalist to, to ask these kinds of questions is, you know, ask them the tough questions. And I mean, these guys are very coached up and know, you know, sort of how to deflect the questions and not say something too crazy. But obviously, I mean, it's also my job to try to get these guys to really speak. Yeah, you try to throw them off their game a little bit. You try to ask them those tough questions that normally other people aren't asking them because usually people would ask, why did you transfer to Arkansas? Why didn't you stay with Florida and and decide to battle it out? But looking forward to that interview on the site in a few days. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. It's about 10 days from it. Uh, We will obviously see it in Tampa, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. And Bovada Sportsbook has the Chiefs as a three and a half point favorite over the Bucks, and the Bucks are at home, like I mentioned. So we'll break down the Super Bowl preview on next week's show. But this week's show is going to be dedicated to the 2021 Senior Bowl. We're going to be talking a lot of prospects, guys that are standing out throughout the week, guys that are helping them or 
hurting themselves during this uh, this fun time. And the Senior Bowl is more important this year just because scouts weren't able to travel quite as much. They were also sitting at home. They were also watching film. They weren't able to see these guys practice throughout the year. They weren't able to get that that feedback that they usually get from from coaches and um, some guys covering the team. So this is their first exposure to these prospects. They've seen them on film, but they want to see them live as well, how fast they are, how well they catch the ball, and how well they interview because we're not going to have the scouting combine this year in Indy. The pro days are going to be a lot more important and not as many scouts or teams are going to travel to those events. Scouting combine is off and that makes the senior bowl week even more important for these scouts and for these GMs and for these NFL teams because this is your time to catch up with some high profile prospects and to get an idea of who they are. Who are you drafting? You see the guy on film but what is he like as a person? So let's start with day one of practice. It was on Tuesday. Let's start with the national team that's being coached by the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins do need some help on, on defense in the front seven. They need some help and get some playmakers at, at running back, a wide receiver. They also need to shore up that offensive line a little bit for Tua to have a shot next year. Let's start with the wide receivers that have stood out to you during Tuesday's practice uh, for this team. You know, Cade Johnson um, showed good hands. I mean, that's that's something that I really you know, appreciate about him. Um, another guy that, that kind of stood out to me is the UCLA kid, uh, Demetric Felton. You know, I thought he showed some excellent route running. Um, his start and stop is very good. I mean, it seems like he has a lot of good body control. I do think he needs to work on his balance, but I, I feel like he's, he's willing to take the risk to really make a great cut. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like he's on the cusp and he's really challenging himself on his routes. I'm really impressed with Demetric Felton from UCLA. Well, let's talk about Kay Johnson a little bit. Uh, he has shown tremendous hands. It seems like everything that's thrown his way, he, he's catching it. He tracked the ball well over his shoulder uh, during Tuesday's practice. He's very quick. He's a guy that I, I anticipate is going to run a 4-4. So he's got good speed as well. He was a versatile target for the Jack Rabbits. South Dakota State moved him around from the outside to the slot, but his position at the next level is in the slot because he's about 5'10", 185 pounds. The one thing that really stood out about Kay Johnson during Wednesday's practice to me was he showed the ability to get off press coverage during the one-on-ones. He was precise with his routes. He made a spectacular one-handed catch over his shoulder. Just You see the total package. This is not a guy that's going to be drafted on day one or day two. This is a deep draft when it comes to wide receivers as well. He's going to go somewhere like in the fifth round, but you're going to get a receiver that, that's a big-time competitor. I interviewed him on this site during the offseason. Obviously, he didn't play for South Dakota State because the FCS football didn't occur in the fall. He decided to opt out and enter the draft since he was going to the senior bowl this kid is a big time competitor and he brings a lot to the table another guy that i wanted to mention was a guy that we had on the podcast ed uh, Dwayne eskridge from western michigan he has 
just been on fire. When you and I interviewed him, he was looking to move back to wide receiver because he's played some corner, he's played receiver, so it hasn't been his full-time position, and he's also a big-time returner as well. But he has put on a clinic during these two days of practice. I remember on Tuesday, you know, he slipped when he was coming out of his break, but he still maintained that concentration and completed that, that catch in the end. He used his hands to get off press coverage against Cameron Bynum, and nobody has been able to press him. You think he's like a smaller guy? You would be able to get your hands on him, but he's just been too quick and too fast for everyone else. I'm convinced that this guy is going to be one of the the fastest players out there on the circuit. Once again, we won't see him run the 40 during his combine, but he's going to run like in the low 4.3s, high 4.2s. But he brings a lot to the table. He has speed, quickness. He creates consistent separation. That's another guy that has just basically been tearing it up during the practices out here for the national team. I wanted to mention Tylen Wallace. The the one thing that really surprised me during Tuesday's practice was that this is a guy that is always lined up on the outside most of the time. Sometimes you see him in the slot, but during the senior bowl practices, he's been strictly lining up in the slot. And during Tuesday's practice, he was running precise routes, showing off his great ball skills, which is no surprise. He stood out to me during Tuesday's practice as well. And uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out, since we're talking about wide receivers, there was one corner that stood out to me in the one-on-ones during Tuesday's practice and Wednesday's practice. It's Benjamin St. Juice. Mm -hmm. He's a guy from Minnesota. He's about 6'3 over 200 pounds. The guy's got freakishly long arms. During Tuesday's practice, I mean, he he was able to stay with Ben Skaronic downfield. And he just competes until the end. He knocked the ball out from the wide receiver at the end, at the catch point, on a few occasions. And then during Wednesday's practice, he used his size and long arms once again to knock the ball at the last second. Initially, he's a guy that's going to get beat, but then he trails and is able to catch up. And once he catches up, wide receivers just don't realize how long he is because he just sticks that arm out there and just... Gets a pass breakup. Benjamin St. Juice from Minnesota uh, was definitely the best corner to me from what I saw in the one-on-ones. Uh, let's move on to focus on the pit drill. It's the one-on-one action between the offensive lineman and defensive lineman. It's a fun event to watch when, when you're breaking down the film. So we're going to stick with the national team once again. And let's talk about a few guys that that stood out to you, whether it's on the defensive line or offensive line during Tuesday's practice. Well, a guy a guy I think that looks great blocking is uh, Royce Newman. He he really showed up. I thought in the national practice, I thought I I thought we saw you know kind of more success from the defensive line. But I mean, I thought I thought Royce Newman kind of showed himself. I really liked when I first you know, saw his initial tape. The one thing that I noticed is Drake Jackson, I think he needs a little bit better feet. Um, This is the Kentucky guy. You really see in these one-on-one drills just how important winning these matchups is, is your feet. The over and under for the total for the Super Bowl, according to Bovada, is 56 and a half. 
those are offensive linemen that stood out to you in a in a good and bad way. Since Ed mentioned who stood out to him during Tuesday's practice, I was able to watch the Wednesday practice. And I got to give a quick shout out to Quinn Miners. Uh, he's a small school Division three offensive lineman from University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. He was kind of a late add to the Senior Bowl. He was supposed to go to the College Gridiron Showcase, but he got a call. And this guy is like, he's looking better than Allie Marpet. And Allie Marpet has been the starting offensive guard for the Bucks for the last couple of years. And Allie Marpet was also at the Senior Bowl year. Uh, who made a name for himself. He's nasty. I mean, the guy is a really good run blocker, and that's what you see on film. But the one thing that has stood out during the senior bowl practices is how well this guy has has done in pass pro. He's been a captain for two years in a row. He has a wrestling background, which I love for my offensive lineman. Quinn Miners is definitely making himself some money during this week. And he's been lining up at guard. He's been lining up at center. He has that versatility. He played actually tackle in college, but we knew that he was going to move to the interior offensive line. And he's been having a lot of success. I also wanted to mention Creed Humphrey came out of Oklahoma. He graduated and he got an opportunity to be here at the senior bowl in 2021 And during Wednesday's practice, I mean, he showed great base and pass pro, strong hands, great knee bend. He's very technically sound, and he had a lot of success in the pit drill. I mean, he was killing it. Nobody was getting around Creed Humphrey because once he locked in, that's it. It was over. And another guy I wanted to mention was James Hudson. He's a former defensive lineman. He's a transfer from Michigan. He played left tackle for Cincinnati. Uh, in 2020, he's been lining up as a right tackle at the Senior Bowl. I see an offensive guard in his future. I don't see him staying at, at tackle. To me, he looks like a second-round guy. I wanted to mention a few of those offensive linemen. You mentioned the defensive linemen had a lot of success for the national team during Tuesday's practice. So who stood out to you when it came to those guys? You know, I, I really like the hand use of Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. He's a smaller school guy. He was just a lot to handle for, for these guys. And I'm looking at the senior bowl measurements. He's 6'6", 262 pounds. He's got an 83-inch wingspan. He's got 33-inch arms, and he's got 10.5-inch hands. So I always thought that he was a bigger guy, and this was one of the guys that gave— uh, Dylan Radens a lot of trouble when they went up against each other. Radens is a tackle from North Dakota State. I've seen some people push him into the first round. I don't think he's a tackle. I think he's a guard at the next level. But Ellerson Smith, when they faced off against each other in 2019, gave him a lot of trouble. Radens never faced anybody. When he faced a big-time guy like Ellerson Smith, he struggled in pass protection. The Washington defensive tackle, Levi Anwazarike, he was just standing out during Tuesday's practice. He won multiple reps in the one-on-ones, blew up a couple of running plays against the inside run. He didn't practice on Wednesday because he got injured, but this guy played nose tackle in a 3-4 defense of Washington. Watch out for this guy because when you put him in a 4-3 defense as a 3-tech, He's going to be hard to handle with that quick first step, with those active hands. He's got big-time quickness. He plays low to the ground. He's a shorter guy, 
But Anwazarike is is definitely a guy to keep an eye on because he's kind of on that borderline late first, early second round pick. Maybe he even goes a little bit higher. But he needed to have a good week here. And during Tuesday's practice, he was, I thought, the most impressive defensive lineman on the team. According to Bavada, Patrick Mahomes is the odds-on favorite for the Super Bowl MVP at minus 120. Let's go to the American team. The American team is being coached by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, obviously, Matt Rule and, and that coaching staff, they're getting a, a look at some of these prospects. We already talked off the air that they've got the eighth overall pick in the draft, so they might be looking quarterback. So they might be looking at those explosive wide receivers, and there's certainly plenty of them to go around. But let's start with the wide receivers. And you mentioned you have a lot of notes on the wide receivers from the American team. So I would love to hear it. Who stood out to you during Tuesday's practice on the American team? Well, I really like what I see from Cornell Powell. I mean, I think he's uh, I think he's really cutting well in his route running, you know, using great body control on his routes. This is a guy that really has stood out to me. I mean, he was not, you know, not, not the number one guy where he was, but... You know, he's making himself a big target. You know, when you when you add the route running ability and the big target um, for quarterbacks, I mean that that just that just tells me that this guy is gonna be able to get open at the next level. Cornell Powell is kind of an interesting case because he had to wait his turn behind some highly talented Clemson receivers, including Mike Williams and T. Higgins, and he finally broke out. He finally got that opportunity and as a senior in two thousand and twenty, and he has carried that momentum from the season into the practices this week and he was doing a good job at winning at the line of scrimmage he was able to beat and get off press coverage he wins at the top of his routes and and tracks the ball really well and that's what he did during Wednesday's practice from what I saw very efficient got good ball skills and you've seen it on film I mean Powell has got a number of passes one-handed He's got big hands, and he's able to to cradle that football. It's definitely not a problem to him. But he's got to clean up those drops. At times on film, it shows up time and time again. He has those drops. But Powell has is a wide receiver that stood out to me as well. Anybody else from this receiver group? Yeah, I want to mention Josh Palmer. Um, he's a receiver from Tennessee. He cuts well on his routes, and he's you know he's a, he's a taller, longer guy. Um, and he's also showing good hands. Um, you know, I, I think I think this is a nice. You know, obviously Tennessee's had their struggles, but yeah, I mean he's he's showing that he he's a, he's an SEC and he's an NFL receiver. All right. Anybody else? Never had that that consistent quarterback at Tennessee. They had Jared Garantano, and at times he looked great, and there were other times that he couldn't hit anybody uh, who was wide open. So Palmer was. Always uh, handcuffed in that regard. Anybody else from the the wide receiver group? Yeah, I, I want to mention Racy McMath. I mean, he he wasn't a big producer his last year at LSU, and he really he never really got his shot. Um, you know, but I think they wanted to bring him into Mobile and see what it is. You know, I think he's a guy who's getting separation. I saw him drop the ball, which is kind of a concern. And he needs to sink his hips better on his routes. You know, that's that's making it hard for him to transition, you know, kind of to the next, the point in his route. 
I, I think if there if there's kind of a guy who I I don't like to kill guys, but I mean I, I would say he's kind of the loser of this group. Ouch. Um, I agree with you. I was kind of surprised they brought Racy McMath onto the Senior Bowl roster, and Jim Nagy kind of mentioned him before. I, I get it. He's got all the physical tools. He's a tall guy. He's got a good catching radius. He's going to run a 4-3. I mean, he's got all that speed. But you never saw him produce at LSU. And Jamar Chase opted out of the season. You know, we saw Justin Jefferson move on. We thought that he was going to raise his game. And then Terrace Marshall, I mean, he opted out of the season after playing, I think, in like six or seven games. So you're thinking, all right, Racy McMath, this is your opportunity to become the go-to guy. And he was always, even on without having those stars, he was always kind of the third or the fourth wide receiver. They only threw to him like a couple of times a game, and he maybe would come down with one catch. He's a physical specimen, as they say, and and that's the reason why the senior bowl brought him on, but he's a raw route runner. You see drops on film as well. He's not a developed guy, and I think in my rankings, I have him like way outside of the 60 mark. 60 wide receivers ranked higher than Racy McMath. You know, there was another guy that stood out to me during Tuesday's practice. He looked lethal operating from the slot. That was Shy Smith from South Carolina. I know you love South Carolina Gamecocks. I mean, you love South Carolina Gamecock receivers. You have Debo Samuel, you know, then we had uh, Brian Edwards last year. You sang his praises. Well, Shy Smith is, is not a bad guy. He made a fantastic leaping grab during Tuesday's practice. That was kind of the catch of the day. He's a savvy route runner. He knows how to get open, and he's got good speed. This is a guy that's going to run like a legitimate 4-4. I thought Ed Hunt was going to mention him because he's always all over these South Carolina guys. I wanted to mention a couple of other receivers. I wanted to mention Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney is probably one of the highest rated players at the Senior Bowl. I mean, this guy most likely going to go somewhere in the first round. Probably it's going to be somewhere in the 20s just because he's a playmaker. He's an explosive guy. But on Wednesday, he had a tough time catching the ball uh, during the one-on-ones. He was getting open. He was creating separation. He was showing off his speed. He was showing off his quickness. But the hands let him down. Kadarius Stoney dropped three balls in the one-on-ones, just lacking that concentration. He's not a savvy route runner. He still needs to develop that part of his game. But he came on as a senior and I anticipate that there are a few teams that are just going to fall in love with him. And another guy during Wednesday's practice that caught my eye, and we interviewed him for the site during the offseason, UAB wide receiver Austin Watkins Jr. He is Sammy Watkins' cousin. He showed good hands. He caught the ball well away from his frame. His route running was sharp. And he was, once again, showing good speed. He was one of the standouts for me for the American team uh, during Wednesday's practice. Did you see any cornerbacks, any defensive backs while you were watching the one-on-ones against these wide receivers? Did anybody stand out to you in a good or a bad way? I really like to uh, mention this guy, Aaron Robinson, um, smaller school guy. Oh, he's not a smaller school guy. He's a UCF guy. He's not non, smaller non, Non-Power non 5 conference guy. In any sense, you know, I think he's showing some physicality in coverage. 
Um, I, I I like what he's doing in coverage. I think he's winning matchups. And to be honest with you, I don't see other corners winning as many matchups. I mean, to see him win multiple matchups in a one-on-one environment, you know, without a pass rush, uh, you know, really shows that he's he's playing well. I agree with you. Kudos on that because Aaron Robinson stood out to me during Tuesday's practice as well. And like you mentioned, he challenged those receivers at the line. He was very physical with them. He was really good in press coverage. He's a slot corner at the next level. He's a nickel guy, but he's got very good speed. I love the physicality and his ability to stay with receivers downfield. And he did it with Kadarius Toney on a couple of occasions and didn't give him an inch and didn't give up a catch. Any offensive lineman or defensive lineman that, that stood out to you during Tuesday's practice on the American team? Yeah, I mean, I think there's one storyline that I have to mention is that I, I noticed that Alex Leatherwood is looking kind of flat-footed. And I mean, the you know, I, I respect the fact that Alex Leatherwood came out for the Senior Bowl. But I mean, he's 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 a mid-first-round guy and he, he should really be dominating, especially, you know, he came back for his senior year. I, I just expect more from him. Yeah, I think uh, Leatherwood is losing himself a lot of money during the Senior Bowl. I Coming into the week, he needed to have a big week because I don't see him as a tackle at the next level. I see him as a guard because I think he can win there. But I do feel like he, he has had a disappointing senior year considering that Alabama won a national championship and he was one of the more recognized offensive linemen. I, I feel like... He needed to have a big week, and I haven't seen that. I feel like he has struggled in the one-on-ones. Anybody else? Let's talk about a quarterback that kind of stood out to us. Uh, He was a guy that I felt like needed to have a big week. Uh, Let's talk about an American team quarterback that, uh, once again, needed to light up this week, and he, he has been doing that. I mean, I assume you're talking about Jamie Newman, and uh, you know, I, th- I think the drills kind of befitted him. Uh, you know, the first day, um, you know, just the fact that he's the running quarterback, and so you know, there's not as much of a pass rush, and um, he's not being tested as much as a pocket quarterback. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that you know, you look at Lamar Jackson, and I mean, he really proved himself as a running quarterback in college. And then, you know, he kind of proved at the NFL level that he could be a pocket quarterback and that he had the ability to stand in the pocket on third down and throw. Jamie Newman is showing signs of that. And, and, and I think I think that should be very exciting for him. And I mean, the NFL, you know, he, he obviously had a lot on the line, you know, not playing this year, not really playing for the Georgia Bulldogs this year. I mean, he had a he had a great year with the, you know, uh, Demon Deacons. So. Yeah, I mean, Jamie Newman. Um, But yeah, there's other quarterbacks to talk about. Jamie Newman opted out of the 2020 season. He was supposed to play at Georgia when he transferred there. He only had one year of starting experience at Wake Forest during the 2019 season. So he only has, what, like 13 starts under his belt? That's a really small sample size. And you know, when we talk about some other quarterbacks, and we'll mention him, we'll get to another quarterback from the American team. But Jamie Newman was spinning it on Tuesday. You know, he has the best arm down here, as far as I'm concerned. He's got great arm strength. He can throw the deep ball with ease. I mean, he can spin it. Every throw was precise from him. 
And I just thought Newman on Tuesday stood out from the rest of the group. But during Wednesday's practice, I thought Mac Jones took over. I thought Mac Jones showed, the Alabama quarterback showed accuracy. He showed the ability to throw with anticipation and what he shows on film when, when you study him at Alabama. He settled in, and I thought he was the most consistent quarterback out of this bunch. And I know that you have warmed up to Mac Jones, you know? Like, during the early shows, I mean, Edward Hunt made it a point that Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback's coach down the line. He's a smart guy, and that's all he is. But I know that Mr. Hunt has warmed up to Mac Jones a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the film that really like kind of changed my mind was I went back and watched the film from his SEC championship game, and he's he's just a he's just smooth in the pocket. You know, he's he takes the time. Uh, he knows that his offensive line can block for him. And he delivers the ball accurately. And, I mean, uh, you know, he's making those long intermediate passes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things with uh, Mac Jones is there's something in his body language or just his technique that just looks a little off. And I think I think that's what threw me off at the beginning. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've always thought, he, you know, he's a smart guy. He's already graduated at Alabama. Um, you know, this is this is a guy who, you know, had a lot of success, you know, as the Alabama guy. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't the guy who, you know, was brought in with a lot of recruiting pedigree. I mean, he wasn't like he wasn't a Tua Tung Viola coming in to Alabama or Bryce Young coming into Alabama. But yeah, and you know, he's he's showing up in the senior bowl and Alex is noticing that, you know, he's showing up in the senior bowl, so I think that the conversation has now shifted from this guy's a first round guy to this is a this is a mid first rounder. I mean, after that kind of like you know, I I think I think you you look at the quarterback class and you got you got probably about four guys who will go in the top ten, and then maybe Mac Jones might be that next guy after that. He's not going to be for every team. All right, let's be fair. All right, we're not saying Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady, but the only similarities is that Tom Brady used to wear number 10 at Michigan. Mac Jones also wears number 10 in Alabama. And I think that probably will give you a clue of who his favorite player in the NFL is. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. That's the reason why he wears number 10. I just think Mac Jones, what he brings is the accuracy. And what he surprised me with this year is just his deep ball. You know, he was throwing guys in stride. He was throwing with anticipation before those receivers were coming out of his breaks. Tua had a lot more weapons last year. I mean, Tua had Jalen Waddle. He had Jerry Judy. He had Devonta Smith. He had Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy have moved on. Basically, Mac Jones had Devonta Smith for most of the season just because Jalen Waddle missed half of the season. And then Mechie improved. He got better. So he didn't have the same weapons, right? He started maybe, what, three or four games last year when Tua was out with an injury? This is also a guy that has only started for one year. Who is saying that this Mac Jones character, that Mac Jones is a finished product? Just because he doesn't have a big-time arm, just because he doesn't have, like, polarizing size, he's not 6'4", he's not 6'5", right? Just because he comes from an Alabama program that has great players, but how can you call him a a game manager? 
Just look at what he has done within that system. Maybe in the beginning of the season, he was more of a game manager. But as the season went on, the SEC championship game and then the semifinal game and then the national championship game, he raised his level of play. He executed that offense. And once again, when you only start for one year, even though you don't have those physical tools, you know, you don't have a big time arm, you don't have the size, you don't have the athleticism, you're not going to be a dual threat guy because he is a pocket quarterback. But the one thing that Mac Jones does well is he slides within that pocket. He's got those subtle moves that the great quarterbacks have, like Drew Brees, like Tom Brady. These guys aren't going to pick up yards with their feet, but they can slide. They can move. They can buy themselves that extra second to find the open guy downfield. And that's what I saw with Mac Jones as as I broke down his tape. So I am singing his praises and saying, hey guys, if you take him out of that Alabama system, yeah, he doesn't have those enticing physical tools. But again, he should be mentioned. He's not up there with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or even Zach Wilson, but he should be mentioned with somebody like Trey Lance because he's more advanced in terms of reading coverage and getting his offense in the right position to execute that play. Trey Lance has got better physical tools in terms of size and arm strength, but he's not there yet mentally. So that's kind of going to be an interesting case. He's not going to be for everyone, all right? He can't go to New York because he doesn't have that big arm. And, you know, in December and cold weather, he's going to struggle. He's not going to be a great quarterback for Chicago, right? But if you take him maybe for like the Detroit Lions at seven who play indoors, that's a possibility. I mean, the Detroit Lions are going to be a running team anyway. I mean, they basically hired every coach that is committing to the run. They hired Anthony Lynn, who is committed to to running the football. And Dan Campbell has said, hey, we want to run the football down people's throats. And that means Mac Jones would be a good fit as far as a play-action quarterback, as far as finding some of those targets downfield. Again, he's not going to be for every team, but Mac Jones has progressed. I'm glad he's here at the Senior Bowl because we see many guys through the years. We've seen many guys opt out. They're not practicing. They're not coming here, but he's here competing. He's not only doing interviews. So he loves the game of football, and that's what you want to see. You want to see a competitor that brings his A game against the best players in his home state. So I'm just making a case for Mac Jones. Stop it with all those people that say that he's, you know, he lacks the physical tools, and that means he's going to go on day two. Based on what I've seen at the Senior Bowl, this guy's definitely going to be a first-round pick. I'm not saying top 10, but he's going to go somewhere in the top 20. There are plenty of teams that need a quarterback with his football IQ, with his accuracy and his anticipation. Would you take him or would you take Trey Lance? I mean, where do you stand on that? I I just take Trey Lance because I I just think there's a much bigger upside with Trey Lance. I mean, the fact of the matter is is that you can have a real dual-threat quarterback who's really dominated at the level that he has. And he's a guy who has great tape. I'm gonna go with Trey Lance, and I, I, I think I think the move, I think where where Trey Lance is gonna end up going is I think he's gonna go number eight to the Panthers with um, Matt Rule. I think Matt Rule's gonna like him, and he's gonna take him at number eight. Teddy Bridgewater will start, and then I think um, 
you know, you bring in Trey Lance when he's ready, and I think I think he's going to have a good NFL career. Anybody else stood out to you um, from the American team? Yeah, I, I wanted to mention Alaric Jackson. I mean, he was a guy who's been mocked in the first round in previous years. You know, he kind of decided to stay in school, but I really like the way he absorbs the rush. The way he, you know, he is is sort of like, you know, all that compact power come from the defensive lineman. And he's just able to just sort of like have great technique in the way he in the way he kind of takes that power in. And and, and it's kind of like he, he kind of subsides the the defensive lineman. So I'm liking this guy, Alaric Jackson. You know, I'm not, I know he didn't have as great of a year, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say this is a guy I like, you know, maybe like day two kind of guy. Well, Jackson played left tackle at Iowa, and we all know Tristan Worfs, the rookie right tackle who was drafted by the Bucks, had a great year. And Jackson is actually working at right tackle at the Senior Bowl, and that's probably going to be his, his future position moving forward. I wanted to mention a tight end, but I'm not sure he's a tight end just based on how undersized he is. He's more of an H-back. And we've seen some of these guys. I mean, they, they succeed. You move them around. I mean, you can move them at, like to the slot. You can move them in the backfield. You can line them up as, uh, as an inline tight end. He's kind of a versatile weapon, and you can get creative with him. SMU Kylan Granson. He was a transfer from Tulsa. He had two very productive years in that pass-happy SMU offense. He always seemed to be the the number one guy, the number one target for Shane Bouchelle when Reggie Robertson went down, their number one wide receiver. He's been the best tight end here, just period. We're talking American team, national team. And what surprised me is not his, his ability to catch the football. He's got good hands and he's got good speed. He can create separation. But it was his blocking ability that caught my eye during Wednesday's practice. I just didn't expect that because at SMU, he wasn't asked to block. I don't even have it in my notes when I went back. I was like, this guy can you know, catch the ball down the field. He can gain yards after the catch. He's quick. He's got good speed. But I never saw him block. And I finally got a chance to see it at the Senior Bowl. And I was excited. I was like, whoa, this guy is something. I mean, he is going to be like an H-back. You can line him up as a fullback. He can be that weapon for that West Coast offense. Not a spread offense, but kind of more of a short passing game. He can be that Kyle Juchek type of guy. And uh, who's been very successful with the 49ers and, and the Baltimore Ravens during his during his career in the NFL. Bovada offers betters and players an industry-leading online betting experience that is second to none. Check out some of their prop bets that they have for the Super Bowl. Skipped running backs completely? But there is one guy, and he's from the national team. I forgot to mention him. It's the Oklahoma running back, Ramondre Stevenson. He was just perfect in the one-on-one drill where the running backs go against the, the linebackers, the pass protection drill. He stayed in front of his man. He was square to the target. He showed great hand placement and strength at the point of attack. He looked like an offensive lineman out there because what I knew about Ramondre Stevenson is when he came back from that suspension, Oklahoma's offense got rolling. He's a downhill runner. He's physical. And he's he has really quick feet for a big back. 
and he checked in at 227 pounds here at the Senior Bowl when I saw him being listed at like 246 at Oklahoma. So I was looking for him. How is this guy, how does he catch the ball out of the backfield? How does he hold up in those pass protection drills? You know what? Stevenson just aced that. On Wednesday, linebackers couldn't get around him. Once he got his hands on them, he locked in, and that's it. I mean, he held his ground, and Ramondre Stevenson is moving up my draft board because I'm always looking at running backs that can pass protect at the senior bowl, and and this guy certainly can do that. Not only is he a good runner, but he can you can trust to put him out there in those third down situations, and he's going to hold up for you. And this is the reason why running backs don't get a chance to, to get out there. You know, in the NFL, we always ask, like, this guy's a great runner. Why aren't they putting him in there? Well, it's because he can't pass protect. I don't have that question with Stevenson because he can certainly do that. And he just, he aced that test as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, we're not there live, but I'm having fun breaking down the film, going back into my notes and, and seeing different guys out there. I've had fun. Enjoy it, Ed. Obviously, we're not there. Hopefully, we'll come back next year in 2022, but that's next year. Uh, it's been it's been fun having this virtual experience, as I call it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely cool to get Felipe Franks as an interview. And um, yeah, I mean, the Senior Bowl, the Senior Bowl is always fun. You know, what they say is the, the draft starts in Mobile, you know. And I mean, you know, guys like us know that, you know, it actually starts a few weeks earlier at the Tropical Bowl and stuff like that. But I mean, um, you know, this is this is one of the key events. And it, I mean, it's going to be a more key event, you know, just in the fact that there's not going to be a combine and these teams are going to have to rely on pro days for you know these guys athletic numbers absolutely and uh, once again the senior bowl becomes more important in that regard uh, because this is the setting where teams can can interview these players thank you for listening i really appreciate uh, all the people that will be listening to this show we did a, a quick recap of the senior bowl we looked at the tuesday and wednesday practices obviously there's going to be a practice today as well on thursday and we'll see how the game goes uh on saturday and we'll most of you folks are going to be able to see that and see the the future stars of tomorrow thank you for listening to another episode of blitzcast take care